Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this edition of The Insiders. We're off to a good start. Uh, I hit the wrong button and played the ending thing and not the start. So you get the full 10-second countdown. Tim Fitzgerald, Brian Hanley, Tim Everson is back from the ER. IR. Welcome to this week's edition. I told the fellas, so now uh, all 32 of you that are here first get to have this insider information. The dogs are in the studio. All hell might break loose at any moment. It could be glorious. Usually they're up in the bedroom, but they convinced me uh, to be an idiot. K-State wins 41 to nothing over Houston. Okay, that's enough about that. Uh, no, seriously, this this was pure domination. Brian Hanley, I've never been more convinced of my one lone piece of betting truth. When that warm weather team comes north for the first time and hits that cold air, they don't want to play, and Houston did not want to play. No, they didn't want to play. Heck, I, I didn't realize it. I started looking at the schedule. I thought that the announcer was dead wrong. So I looked it up. It was the first time they'd even been out of Texas to play a game this year. I'm like, Crazy. come on, what are we doing? They didn't want to play. But more than that, just K-State is just that much better than Houston, too. Yeah. They, they, they whipped them on all phases, just absolutely whipped them from coaching to offense, defense. It, it was just an absolute demolition. I think a big key was holding Tim Everson out of media opportunities last week. They didn't see him coming. Uh, they also didn't see Cooper Beebe coming or Will Howard or or DJ Giddens or Philip Brooks. Uh, Tim, it was impressive how dominating K-State was. The physicality on both sides, you could tell, just made Houston curl up into a little ball. I mean, you could tell. I mean, really, just in the second, in K-State's second drive, I think, was when it, it just kind of broke them. And then it was just a long wait until the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just – all around, exactly the kind of performance that 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 they were wanting. Glenn, um, should we apologize to the entire city of Houston or just the campus? <laughs> well, maybe both. Uh, the thing is that I was most impressed by was K State's defense the last couple of weeks. I mean, they put. Don't get me wrong; they they've combined for eighty three points. But t- you can make the argument that TCU and Houston don't have very good defenses but their offenses are actually pretty solid. Yeah. And K-State allowed three points combined. Uh, the defense is firing on all cylinders right now. I don't know if there is a group that has come further than K-State's secondary. Jacob Parrish looks really good. Keenan Garber, has mm-hmm. he, he looks night and day from two or three weeks ago. Yes. Uh, he looks a lot better. Marquis Siegel is playing, I think, Kleiman said it on all-conference level, and I don't know that he's wrong the last couple of weeks at least. He's flying around the field. K-State's defense has been phenomenal. And you combine that with a quarterback who who seemingly has his confidence back after a, a couple solid weeks, and uh, it's it's a recipe that is certainly working. And um, 
Simon mentioned it, I think, last week in his press conference. Momentum is a real thing, and when you have it, it's tough to slow down, and when you don't have it, it's tough to get back. They got so much momentum right now. I don't know that they could have more. Last year, we saw these two dominant wins. It was against Oklahoma State and against Baylor, but they didn't come in back-to-back weeks. You do that in back-to-back weeks, these guys got to be thinking they can take on they can take on hell with a squirt gun, is the old saying. They got to be they got to be thinking they're as confident as anybody right now. That's a good. I'm, I got to write that down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, they are playing really well. In fact, I can't point to one thing right now that I find troubling about this team. I still want to see more from the return game. They haven't needed it. They might need it Saturday. Uh, but Brian, uh, we we focus on that forty-one a lot, and we should. The offensive line was dominant. <clears throat> From the very start of this game, DJ Giddens was uh, just almost untackable. Tackleable. Yeah. Ta- ta- they couldn't tackle him. <laughs> um, and uh, Will Howard was in the zone. But that defense is playing spectacular football right now. They've cleaned up the explosives. They're great in coverage. They're getting pressure. Um, they're, they're... Joe Klanderman is just keeping the offensive coordinator of the other team guessing they didn't know what's coming it's really impressive how this team is really playing complimentary football yeah absolutely and glenn hit it right on the head i think it's the secondary has come along so far since oklahoma state and it's it's just getting out on the field the guys aren't scared now they played scared against oklahoma state they're just not playing scared they're like look if you're gonna throw the ball over my head throw it over my head i think i've got enough ability to keep you from doing that but that's going to be your opportunity. You're not going to get these little short slant route. You're, I'm just not going to give that to you anymore. Nope. And they are taking it away. And it, it's aggressive football, aggressive football, which is what oh, that's. I think that's what a lot of people are just looking for is like, hey, stop giving this easy stuff because they'll take it. Offenses are too good in college football. They'll just keep taking it all the way down the field. K-State has eliminated that. They're pressuring on non-pressure downs. Second and five, you know, second and, and, and six. They're bringing tons of pressure and either getting a sack, getting throwaways. It, mm-hmm. It's just it's just what you said, Fitz. They're mixing it up on defense, and it's, it's a better brand of football. I think it's a brand of football that K-State needs to continue and needs to play to be successful. Tim Houston never got in the red zone. They were in – they had 12 possessions. Um, five of them ended in K-State territory. Uh, the farthest in was 44-yard line, except for the one possession, the Avery Johnson fumble, where uh, they took over at the K-State 26, marched it backwards to the 28, and then missed a field goal. That was it. And and you know what? You look back at the course of this game, when Houston got the ball to the K-State 44 on its first drive, when it was in like fourth and six, eight, whatever it was, they should have gone right there and maybe that changes a lot of the game but they didn't they punted and k-state went down and scored again and i feel like this game was over yeah and a lot of that being over is those first two super long offensive drives that that k-state had i mean it just drained the life out of the houston sideline uh like 15 plays and 12 plays i think like a total of over 10 minutes uh, between the two, I think a little more than that, actually. I mean, just absolutely. And then it kept the defense fresh. Yeah. I mean, look, they they were ready to go. If anything, they were on the sidelines so much that they maybe were not, you know, maybe wouldn't have been in the flow of the game. But it was it was impressive. I mean, it was they had the perfect game plan for them, and they executed it perfectly, and it just took it. It made a, a non-factor on all fronts. It was tactical is what it was, Tim. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like as much as them scoring on those drives was, like you said, the time they took to do it. We saw it to start the third quarter uh, last week against TCU. It was like, okay, maybe TCU gets some momentum out of the break. No way, because K-State put together like a, a what felt like an eight-minute drive that used the whole third quarter. And I know it wasn't actually that long, but it felt like in this game, K-State said, well, why wait until the third quarter? Let's just do that right away. They, they, it was just a slow and painful death for the Cougars in Manhattan. And yeah. Colin, well, on both sides of the ball, Joe Klanderman and Colin Klein, I know it sounds like coach speak, but they had great game plans. Oh, they really did. Uh, a reminder that uh, please hit that thumbs up if you're enjoying the video. Uh, help us spread the algorithm a little bit. Just like it's like Halloween candy. Get that algorithm out there. The kids love it. 
Just <laughs> actually, when the kids come to the door, say, here's some of Fitz's algorithm. They'll love it. <laughs> They'll really love that. Here's uh, some insiders. Yeah, exactly. It's from the insiders. Excuse me. <laughs> um, it's uh, <laughs> Also, leave some comments over there. Uh, leave your comments. We're going to get to them in a little bit, uh, usually in the second half. We love those comments. But I, I did want to bring this one up uh, right here. Uh, Brian. Hmm. Is, is Cooper Beebe a wanted man? Is the law, law enforcement looking <laughs> for him for attempted murder? Uh, because I mean, he knocked a Houston guy all the way back out the Gulf Coast. <laughs> it was literally the the exact. We talk about it all all the time. It's it football speak. You knock him out of the club. Throw him out of the club. That was literally the definition of throwing somebody out of the club. Just absolute. I'm running right at you. You see me. There's nothing you can do about it. 15 feet on his back. Feet go flying up in the air. I'm like, that's football. Now that's football. <laughs> that's what I like to see. Unbelievable. And, and, and yes, by the way, yes, they, they should be looking to arrest him for assault. Because that was assault. Yes, that, that was. was. <laughs> Brian, what's your best, most memorable pancake in your college career? Uh, A&M, 1997. I remember nice. it like it was yesterday. We ran the same play. Uh, Darren Howard, gets, he makes fun of me all the time. He said, man, you were dead tired. You know how Coach Snyder, if, if a play worked, he would run it and run it and run it. And we ran. It was 52 Blanco. I'm pulling around, and we must have run this thing five times in a row. And the last time before we got in the end zone, I'm like, I am dead tired. Well, we did it again. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Well, this time – I remember it wasn't that win. It was Holdman. Can't remember Warwick Holdman. I think it was his name. And he slipped. And I'm like, yes. And I just just <laughs> dove right on top of him. He <laughs> fell backwards. I laid on him. And I said, see, that's what you get. Absolutely <laughs> memorable. I loved it. Uh, but in 1997 against Texas A&M, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. And I wanted to say, too, on, on yeah. BB, I think blocks like that probably happen more often than we realize with, with him. I think a lot of the time it's not right in front of the camera and it's not right next to the ball carrier. I think BB like pancakes guys pretty regularly, but uh, that one was right next to DJ Giddens when he had the football. So everyone saw it on national television, but those probably happen five or six times a game. They're just maybe not that hilarious to watch over and over and over. <sighs> that poor guy. That, <laughs> it, Tim Everson, I know you're not yeah. a doctor, but is that guy ever going to have children? Or will they, if he does have children, will they just be embarrassed that that's their father that got beat up on national TV? I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, scoop anybody, but I'm talking to my Houston sources. He has Houston. Uh, entered the witness protection program. He, he <laughs> yes. will be living a different life. He's actually going to be a, a soccer player down in Argentina. <laughs> so he's going to. Yeah. yeah, that I I feel uh, thoughts and prayers to that player. The funniest thing about it was that th there was a flag on the play on the defense. And I think because he ran him over so much, like the K-State players were like, dang, that touchdown's getting called back for a flag. And they're like, well, wait, he didn't do anything wrong. Oh, it was on the defense. But they just yeah. thought like that the referee just saw it and said, that was so mean, I'm throwing a flag. Quit being a bully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he finished the night. yards on the play, bullying. <laughs> then he finished the night in Aggieville. Uh, it was, you know, it, Tuesday Halloween's in Aggieville are epic because you get the Saturday night, the big one, everyone goes out. And then you get the Sunday leftover. And then you get the Monday, hey, tomorrow's Halloween. And then Tuesday night, you get Halloween. Cooper BB was Nacho Libre uh, with, <laughs> with, without a shirt on, may I add, in 30-some degrees. That's a damn offensive lineman. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'd uh, like to be able to say that my Halloween, my senior year, ended up that way, but it, it didn't end up that way. It, it's not for the FCC airwaves. I, I don't remember a lot of it. It was bad. It was a bad night. It was a bad night. Just a bad night. Too much, too much candy. We've too much candy. That's right. That's too right. Much it was too much candy. It was too much candy. Guys, in, in all seriousness, this this team's playing really good football. Mm -hmm. um, and somewhere in here, we have a another one. I'll bring it up now since the fans are doing a great job of giving me questions to ask uh, are the cats really this good or catching teams uh, at the right time look i i mean is it the right time to catch tcu when they're coming off a big win or houston when they're coming off uh, uh an incredible win an off week and then challenging texas i you can make the argument that yes um maybe they 
they had a letdown, but I think K-State's causing those letdowns, Brian. I think they're just coming out, punching teams in the jaw, and uh, when they try to respond, they punch them again. And it's yeah, you know, I'm I'm using metaphors, but they're they're hopping up fourteen nothing on teams pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said. I think it, I mean two things can be true. Number one, so I think yeah, it's probably they're catching them at the right time. I think K State has a whole lot to do with that and what they are doing. Look, you're not shutting teens out in college football unless you're playing well. I don't care what happened the week before. You're just not doing that in, in Power 5 football. You're not shutting teams out. You're not catching somebody who the week before scored 40-plus points and shutting them down to three points. Not in big-time football. That just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So, yes, they may have caught them at the right time, but K-State has a heck of a lot to do with that, man. The way they're playing football, they're just getting after these teams. They're getting after them. And that's the, the, what we've been looking for, not to mention – not to mention, to go back to this, K-State's really good. Mm -hmm. I know we had the two slip-ups. Turns out, like we said, Missouri's a pretty good football team. Yeah. Oklahoma State doesn't seem like they're as bad as what we thought. Yeah. K-State's really good. Keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. But Kansas State, Tim Everson, the last, what, 10 quarters, five halves, basically 103 to three. <laughs> What Damn. in Big Twelve game? That's that's like Bill Snyder non-conference scheduling scores. You know, well we we beat our first three opponents one hundred and three to three. Um, <laughs> we're really pissed off about that three, um, but this is impressive to watch. This, this is pure domination right now. The K State Wildcats are a system that they're just falling into and grinding. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is. Uh... <clears throat> I mean, this is kind of North Dakota State level dominance defensively. This is kind of mm -hmm. what they were known for when 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 Kleinman was there. They've they've dropped off a little bit uh, this year, weirdly. But um, this is kind of getting back into in, into old K State defense. And uh, you know, I saw a couple couple guys out there throwing up throwing up the mob sign. Uh, so they're they're feeling it. I mean, they are. I, I, the confidence cannot be higher right now, which is, is it's, it's super exciting to watch. Yeah, Glenn. Um, uh, you know, it, we we do talk about Cooper Beebe a lot, and he is special. But this entire offensive line yeah. is is taking people to the woodshed. I mean, uh, Aiden Gillum is playing at the next level. We talked about Carver Willis last week, but now they this week they really rotated all seven guys in, and they were fresh and fierce and. Man, when you got a good offensive line, life is easy. Yeah, Chris, uh, Christian Duffy was in there. He's back. KT Levison looks really good. Hadley Pans with the list goes on. They got a bunch of them, so they use that. You said they can keep them fresh, and they're all. Yeah, we talk about BB, but they're all blocking really, really well. I think probably as a defensive lineman, I I don't know. I never played D line, but I think probably you think okay, BB's not blocking me. Thank goodness, and then. Hadley Panzer runs you over, or or Hayden Gillum snaps the ball and then flattens you. So, yeah, um, I made the joke, I think, in our first week of the show that I could run for two or three yards of carry behind this offensive line because they're going to be that good. And although that was a joke, it's true what you said, Fitz. When your O-line is that good, it can make everybody look good. Your quarterback has more, more time, and then he looks like a superstar. Your running backs have huge holes to run through, right? Um, it, it makes everybody look better when, when you have space to run or you have time to throw and they they've been phenomenal i think this the last what two or three weeks this is what we thought we were getting in the offensive line yeah. preseason they didn't get there right away but if they can stay at this level boy they're gonna be tough to beat dj giddens 13 carries in this game average seven and a half yards of carry and brian to go with that offensive line play he makes everyone miss that first tackle mm -hmm. i don't care if you've got him squared up you're gonna have problems getting him down he just runs through you past you around you his patience as a running back is incredible to watch because he does have a pretty good gear when he opens it up, but a lot of those carries, he's literally just sifting through the defense, reading blocks as he goes. It is beautiful to watch. Yeah, the evolution of him changing or transforming into a running yeah. back from last year to this year is absolutely incredible. Um, last year, he, he was in the game. I thought he ran really hard, 
but mm-hmm. it didn't look like he really knew how to be a running back. It, he was still doing high schoolish type of things. Yeah. This year, he's a totally different guy. He understands how to set up blocks, understands when he needs to be patient, understands when, you know what, there, this is it. Let's just get the, the two, and, and, and then that's all we're going to get on this down. Uh, he can stiff arm people, uh, elude people. I mean, especially his elusiveness from last year to this year. He doesn't even look like the same person. So I just think he is just so much better as a running back. But a lot of that, too, you could say he's got a guy that plays next to him that can do all these things. Like, look, why not pick up some of the stuff that Treshawn Ward is putting down? Pick up some of that stuff, man, and work together. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, they're trying to be in competition, and one wants to to outdo the other. I think they both just want to win, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to see each other do well, but why wouldn't I pick up what this other guy does? If he does it better than me, add that to my game, man. It's just part of being a good football player. I think he's special. I really do. Tim, we talk about the good game Will Howard had, 15 to 17. Um, Come on, Will. You were almost perfect. Why aren't you perfect, Will? (laughs) Um, Two touchdowns, a long of 40. Uh, K-State didn't do this with big plays, typically. They, They did it with, you know, prolonged drives. But that 40-yarder was to Phillip Brooks. He was targeted five times, made five catches, was available, was open, uh, was on point. This was Phillip Brooks's uh, best game that I remember. Yeah, by far, this this season at least. I mean, he uh, he they needed that leadership because of injury, because of whatever. It, it, it feels like uh, they're, they're now starting to kind of get some newer guys in that are in, into the wide receiver rotation um, <clears throat> that are catching the ball, that are getting open. And when you do that, that allows someone that maybe caused a little bit more attention like Philip Brooks, you know, it, it, it gives him more opportunities, gets him open more. And then that uh, it, it's been good to see because that's been so frustrating this mm-hmm. season to see just the lack of consistency um, and now that, you know, guys like Jace Brown are getting in there a little bit more, they're working on a couple more tight ends that are starting to, to kind of get things going. Obviously, the wide receivers are doing what they're doing. They're, 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 they they still don't have that number one guy, that top end guy, but they at least have consistency, which you can you can work with that. You can work with consistency. And I think well, Philip Brooks be needed really... this. Oh yeah, I think Philip Brooks needed this. I, I I was the first to say I believe it was after the Oklahoma State game. He 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 looked rough out there. I don't know if he looked. Yeah. Sometimes he looked confused. I don't I don't want to say it was an effort thing. Sometimes I don't know if he was on the same page or he didn't know the play call or he, like the one time he thought that I think they handed it off and he was supposed to be blocking for Will and Will had to like shove him in the back. And I I said it on here. I said that you that was not good to see out of a six year senior. Uh, he needed a game like this, and he he was instrumental in in the in the offensive performance on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, well, go ahead, Barrett. Go. Well, I was just gonna say it's one thing that we need to see this. Both of you guys are absolutely right because, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but I, Texas is gonna load the box and say you're not gonna run it. You're gonna have to beat one on one coverage. That Texas is going to do that. So for us to be able to move the football. Go, throwing the ball through the air. I'm not saying we can't run it against them. I'm just going to say Texas is going to challenge us up front. They're going to do right. that. They're going to stack the box. We're going to have to throw the football, which means we're going to have to get some separation. So, and it was good to see. I mean, it, it really was good to see because we're going to need him. We're just going to need him. See, that's why he's a pro. He just pivoted me right into the Texas game without me having to do a damn thing. Top-notch segue right there. I'm just sitting here. Just I'm. I'm that was amazing. Uh, let's look. Does anyone else have to say about the Houston game? Because I feel like we're we're out of topics. I they they stunk. K State good. Forty-one nothing. That's yeah. a wrap. Last thing I'll add, Fitz, is that we've talked about them a lot, but I think they deserve to talk a lot about a lot. We talked about the DBs, the linebacker group. That's a yeah. group that's kind of beat up. They lost, uh, in my opinion, a guy that I thought was going to be probably an All-American this year in Daniel Green. They lose him. Jake Clifton's been really good. Austin Romaine has been really good. Desmond Purnell has taken his game to yeah. another level. Another and then we level. knew Austin Moore was going to be really good, and he he has been as advertised. That group has been as impressive as probably any group on the defense. 
Des Purnell, the Topeka Terminator. <laughs> hey, um, let's talk about Austin Romaine. Houston thought they had a little something, something. They got him isolated on a wide receiver, split him out wide, just laid the ball out there. And there's Austin Romaine just running with the dude. <laughs> like, I got this. It wasn't great coverage, but it was good enough. And Donovan, Donovan Smith stunk. Uh, but it was uh, it was impressive. He wasn't fooled one bit, and he Look, I and he I wears the, what's the what's the thing he wears behind his shoulder pads? It makes you look slower, so it looks like he was like humming down trying to keep up with that wide receiver, which made it look even more impressive that he broke up the pass. Brian yeah. and I have the same problem with her belly. It makes yep. us look slower. And <laughs> yeah, Tim you know. just is slow. Um, <laughs> okay, let's move to Texas, guys. I I uh, I also want to keep in mind that Brian Hanley and I. We'll be recording on Wednesday with the Powercat pregame podcast, along with Ryan Wallace and Ryan Gilbert. We got a lot to talk about with Texas, but uh, let's get into some uh, kind of topic on the surface right now. Um, I watched. I went back and watched that game they had last week, and BYU's bad. I mean, yeah. a lot of it was Texas causes it. Mm-hmm. Texas is big. They're physical. They're mm-hmm. athletic. Uh, they got dudes. And Brian, they're beatable. I, I yeah. see a beatable team. Well, here's the thing. Texas is it's just what you said. They it's all of that. Texas is always all of that. Yep. They always have guys. They they always are big and physical. Now, they don't always play big and physical and but they can be had. And it's just what I said. They're going to make on on offense, they're going to make us throw the football. But that doesn't mean we can't run the ball at them. It doesn't mean that. Here's the thing. Everybody looks to the Alabama game and they think, oh, man, they dominated the line of scrimmage. Well, if you pay attention to college football, uh, Alabama's offensive line is horrible. It's one of the worst that I think I've seen Alabama have since Saban has been there. So saying that Texas dominated their offensive line is, is not really anything that we should be afraid of. And another thing is our offensive line is not Alabama's. That would be the thing to keep in mind. Our offensive line is very, very good. Right but – yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What is this K State line ready for that challenge? I think they are. They absolutely are. You know, and this is maybe what they've been building up to the last couple of weeks, just getting in stride for the simple fact. Look, here it is. Everything that we talked about, and I, I applaud you, Tim, because you brought it up after the Oklahoma State game. Everything is still in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here. Like, we are literally here. And this is what we've all been building up to, to go to Austin and win this football game. And it's going to be physical, but at the offensive side of the ball, we just have to be the more physical team. Uh, And I think we can be the more physical team. We got to have a good plan. Don't get me wrong. We got to have a good plan. But I think we are the more physical team. We we can go to Texas and win. There there are holes in that Texas. But we saw OU take advantage of those holes. And OU is not very good. Let's just be honest. No, they're not. Very, they're not. Uh, we'll get. We'll get to them in the second half. Yeah. I got plenty to say about that game. <laughs> plenty, but uh, Tim, this is a huge opportunity. K State was six and two, uh, and you know four and one at this point last year. Uh, but this is a huge obstacle. This is a much bigger obstacle than K State had at any point last year. Pretty much, not mathematically, but in reality, you got to win this game if you want to go back to Arlington and defend your title. Absolutely. And uh, I would say K-State has lost to much worse Texas teams in Austin over the last decade, which has been since 2011, I think, was the last time K-State won in Austin. Um, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It it, it helps a little bit that, uh, you know, they're not going to have Quinn yours. That's going to be helpful. I think the, the Malik Murphy, is that his name? Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. I he's talented. They like him a lot. Obviously, they like him more than Arch Manning as a freshman, which you know is interesting that Avery has played as much and Arch Manning can't make the field. Texas, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, you know, I, I I don't think that he has seen. You know, the 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 pressure that BYU brought is not going to be the same as the pressure that no. that, that the K-State defense is going to bring. And I think that that's going to be a whole different different deal for him to kind of deal with. Uh, you know, it's it, but it'll be tough. It'll be the toughest game of the season by far. But I think the confidence level has never been higher for this team. So we'll see. And they, and they got a game under him. That honestly is, is nice that 
you got Murphy in there last week, so K-State has some film on him. Look what happened with TCU. They had the freshman quarterback get in there, and he balled out. He, he was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. And then the next week, they came to Manhattan and scored three points. K-State only had about one game of film on him, but that was enough. I think that's crucial. Had Ewers just gotten hurt this past week and K-State's yeah. working with nothing on Malik Murphy, yeah. that's that's a different story than saying, okay, here's what he did against against BYU. And like you said, I think K-State's defense is better than, than BYU's. I was, I was really uh, interested in the fact that the broadcast crew kept saying they plan on uh, putting Arch Manning in for a few series – Malik Murphy knows that this is part of the plan. And then they never did it. And I think the reason why they never did it is they got into that game and realized we need to give him every snap possible because he's not ready. They leaned on their running game. Their yep. running game is awesome. Uh, yep. That offensive line has been, uh, is very good. It hasn't been as good as last year, but I, they, they've got an upside that's enormous. Um, so they just kind of ran the ball with him and let him take some snaps and kept him, in safe plays, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't overwhelmed. They kept saying what a great army he has, and I saw a lot of Brian. I saw a lot of balls just floating out there. Um, yeah, uh, he he seemed indecisive and not wanting to make a mistake. And when you start just floating the ball out there to try to lay it in someone's hands, you're going to make a mistake. Correct. And I was, some of that was, I would guess, nerves. Right. You know, first time playing, first time out there, little nervous, doesn't want to make a mistake. Here's the chatter about over his shoulder. But one quick side note, Arch Manning isn't on the field because Arch Manning isn't very good. No. I'll just throw that out there right now. Arch Manning is just not very good. But that's, again, that's a side note. But, uh, but yeah, their, their offensive line uh, is what they're going to lean on. That running game is very good at Texas. So it's going to be important for K-State to be gap sound, uh, to bring run pressure whenever they have the opportunity, and more importantly than anything else, tackle. Got to tackle. Is that running back? He can run that football, man. They, they just can't. Yeah, I'd like to congratulate Texas on winning that recruiting battle for Arch Manning. It's kind of like uh, um, <laughs> having a war for a desert. And after you win, you're like, well, what the hell do I do with this? <laughs> Nothing going on here. <laughs> no oh, Las Vegas, man. I guess. Uh, yeah, Tim, just, uh, oh. this is just an enormous opportunity for K-State. Um, it. it it's one of those moments that feels so opportune for K-State that it makes me worry, man. It does. I don't I, I just hope K-State comes out and just does what they've been doing and don't get outside of themselves. They I mean they, they have it all in front of them here. They they beat Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State have to play each other. That eliminates one of them. K-State has to play Iowa State. That'll take care of that and NKU. Uh I mean it, it is the, the path to return to Arlington is just is right there. And it's yep. as clear as day. And that is terrifying. <laughs> that yep. is a scary, scary proposition. <laughs> Glenn, after all of this talk from us and the national media about Oklahoma, Texas, they're going to be playing for the big toll title in their last year. We're two different outcomes on Saturday. K-State winning at Texas, Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma in Stillwater, where K-State, Oklahoma State will be in the driver's seat for the big toll championship. That would be incredible for this conference. I'm sure K-State, by the way, would love nothing more than another shot at Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. That's a game they feel like they absolutely should have won. Uh, but, yeah, I think given the Jayhawks win over the weekend and then K-State's opportunity in Austin this weekend, I, I would like uh, to say, you know, we could look back and say, where were you when the two schools from Kansas saved the Big 12, right? right. Uh, mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Texas thought they were going to sail in. And then uh, Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman said, not so fast. But, uh no, I mean, yeah, it's it's an incredible opportunity. Um, I, my biggest concern, I guess, is just that K-State hasn't been great on the road. Uh, they The last two weeks, they've been absolutely dominant, like we said, uh, but they're one and two on the road this year. They did win their last road game in Lubbock, um, but they, they just didn't play great um, against Missouri and obviously not against Oklahoma State. Um, I, I hope that they're confident enough right now that that's not even a factor. Oh, we're on the road. I, I, th I think it's a really confident group right now, but they're going to have to. Um, we've seen guys play play really good. They're going to have to play even better. Texas yeah. is just so talented. Yep. I mentioned Keenan Garver was really good. He's going to have to be even better. Jacob Parrish was really, really good. He's get, All these guys have to take their game to another, to another level because Texas is so talented, and they, they just don't need much. I think it's uh, – I think they're going to make K-State pay if they make – 
mistakes. I don't think K-State's going to get away with many mistakes. Let me put it that way. So they're going to have to bring their A game. I think it's um, – I'm stating the obvious, and it sounds overly, overly simple, but it's going to be two really good football teams, I think, going at it. Oh, it will be. Will be. Oh, Glenn just died. No, he didn't. No, he's back. Oh, my gosh. I thought – I thought, oh. I said two really good football teams, and they said, Glenn, that was just That's not exciting enough. You're kicked out. <laughs> You're watching The Insiders, brought to you by GoPowerCat.com. Uh, we have, uh, we've gone really long in this first half. We need to take a break here, but our producer, uh, Tom terrible, uh, reminds you to like, and subscribe. If you're not done so, and remember to head to the fridge, wholesale liquor for your adult beverage needs. They're not the sponsor of this podcast, but since we don't have one, he's right. Go to the fridge. Uh, the fridge has the best liquor trees in the nation. They take the liquor fresh off the trees every morning and sells it, sell it to you. That's how incredible they are. Uh, let me get over here to my the right place because we need to go to break now if you've been watching this on a regular basis you know how long this break is uh don't go to the fridge well don't go to the fridge right now don't go to your fridge i got confused we'll be back go to break yeah gopowercat.com's powercat podcast continues after this short break hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. And like that, we're right back to the insiders. Uh, a shorter second half here than normal, but let's get into some really important topics. Uh, let's take a tour around the Big 12, and the first important topic is talking trash on the Oklahoma Sooners. That's It means a lot to me when we get to do this. Um, <laughs> I'd like to point out that Oklahoma's done a great job of coming into Kansas um, and taking away recruits so that they could lose to KU and K-State. Um, that's very nice of them. Uh, Brian, did you watch much of that game? And uh, I can't, I think KU's good. I've been saying it, mm -hmm. but they're not great. They were not – they didn't have to play their A game to win. No. Um, Oklahoma is really beatable. I, I think Oklahoma State's going to give them problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, OU played – it was their Super Bowl to beat Texas. Right. And Texas played their C-minus game. Uh, against OU, let's just say, call it what it is. They, they didn't. OU is not that good of a football team. I don't want to take away. Well, I kind of want to take away from KU, uh, but I don't want to take away from KU because, again, that KU wasn't just lights out in right. that football game. They weren't, but they played good enough to win. You know, even at the end, KU tried to give it away. I mean, they, they were trying to give OU the game. You know, it's just – OU's just not that good of a football team. They're just not. I can't understand. Look, I'm a Brent Venables fan. I know a lot of K-State people are still mad at him, but I am a Brent Venables fan. He was a coach of mine. He used to be honest. Tell me, I loved him when he was here. And yeah. the guy can't, I just don't understand what's going on there. I really, really don't because the quarterback, as much as people want to like him, and, and he's gritty and he's tough, that's not what OU. That's that's not a typical OU quarterback. It's no. not the, the typical OU quarterback is really really good. You know, he's one of the best five or six quarterbacks in the country. That's what I'm used to when I see an OU football team. That's not what they have in Dylan Gabriel, uh, and that's not. I mean, they're just the OU's just not that good. The offensive line, the defensive lines are not spectacular. That's part of their problem. They're just they're just not that great of a football team. Oh, you fan, you're, you're probably genuinely really bummed out that you don't get Oklahoma in their last year because I think K State could beat them. I oh yeah, told, I would have told you that KU was going to have to play like we said their best game and put it all together. And for for them to not have Jalen Daniels and then for Jason Bean to throw two fourth quarter interceptions and mm -hmm. still win that football game, uh, yeah, honestly, it sounds like um, I, I'm kidding, but I'm not when I say that I think K State. Uh, probably is like, dang! I wish we could have beat OU one more time. They would have been what three, three of four, or f four or five under climbing or something, on their way out the door. But the the Jayhawks did it for them. Yeah, I 
Look, guys, let's let's review what Oklahoma's accomplished this season. They beat Arkansas State 73 to nothing. I mean, that when you <laughs> win by that much, you're trying to make yourself feel pretty good. SMU, they beat them 2011. SMU's not bad. Tulsa's not great, 66-17. Then they beat Cincinnati. They beat Iowa State, which has turned out to be a pretty decent football team. They beat Texas. And then they beat UCF, and then they lost to Kansas. UCF and Cincinnati are 0-10 in this conference, and, and they're just not very good. This Oklahoma State game might be their last threat. They've got West Virginia coming in the following week. I, I don't think West Virginia is that good, even though the record shows they are pretty decent. Then you go to BYU and play TCU. Um, I, I just mentioned, Tim Everson, that it might be working out where if there's Oklahoma State and K-State win this weekend, they could meet in the Big 12 championship. But if Oklahoma wins that game, they're mm-hmm. going to be in the Big 12 championship unless they just stumble over someone. Who would you prefer if K-State can win on Saturday, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, get the revenge game against Oklahoma State, or one goodbye kiss for the Sooners as they head to the SEC? Well, there was a certain game that was played about 10 years ago in Kansas City. It was, it was uh, 20. 20 yeah. years ago? It was 20. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. 20 20 years ago was what I meant to say two decades um that I mean that that would be a pretty pretty fun way to send send them along um I think that I mean I don't know I mean Oklahoma State Ollie Gordon man he's scary he's, he's a good. scary scary running back um yeah. I think you're problems yeah, all, all due respect, Devin Neal and 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 the KU running backs. I I don't know if Oklahoma's ready for for Ollie Gordon. I mean, he's he's on one, and they, no one is more upset probably about the entire Oklahoma and Texas leaving situation than Oklahoma State is. Mike Gundy no specifically. Mm-hmm. And no one I think wants to win against them more. Oh against, yeah, against either of those teams more than Oklahoma State. Wants to send them along with with, with a loss, and then and then never play them again if if Mike Gundy has his way. So Mike, Glenn, Mike Gundy's proved why he's a great coach. He looked around his locker room when the team's struggling and realized he's got a I don't even know what Holly Gordon is six three running back with looks like Eric Dickerson uh, is really fast, elusive, powerful, and he thought I'll give him the ball. <laughs> that was his coaching, and it's been brilliant. Uh, he Ollie Gordon's special, man. He is so good. He's so fun to watch. He's a problem for everyone, but I think he's going to really give Oklahoma a lot of problems. But Oklahoma wants to take him away and make it about Alan Bowman, and if they can do that, they'll probably win. Yeah, I, Oklahoma, that should be a good, a good game. I would tell you this when it relates to your question about who would, who would K-State rather see in the Big 12 championship. I think Oklahoma is probably the better team. I know that K-State would love to send Oklahoma off to the SEC with a loss, but I know that K-State would love to get that that rematch with Oklahoma State. I That's one that I, I – without them saying it, I just know they feel like they should have won. Yeah. They feel like they were by far the better team, and they feel like they, they beat themselves more than Oklahoma State beat themselves. Either one would be an exciting matchup, um, but it, it, we're getting ahead of ourselves now because it all starts with, with winning in Austin this weekend. If you don't do that – uh, you're probably behind the eight ball on, on ending up in Arlington. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say the same thing. Uh, you know, uh, all you got to do to make this a problem or make this a, a question worth answering is just win at Texas, yep. which uh, used to be something K-State did, Brian, but I, I, I think Texas got sick of losing to K-State and about five, six years ago said, hey, We've been circling the wrong game. I don't know what other game besides Oklahoma they were they were circling, but they've circled K State. K State's got their full attention. I saw things yeah. in in that game uh, last week with BYU that I thought was clearly prep for K State, clearly trying to get Malik Murphy ready to go, um, trying to show some things on film. Uh, they know what's coming. They know how good K State is. Sark's no dummy. Yeah, yeah, they they understand how good K State is. Um, and they, I think they, they understand the challenge, uh, but it, it's another thing that Texas has a lot riding on this game too. I know we're talking about a lot for K state and we do have a lot. Texas is trying to get in the college football playoff 
and mm-hmm. beating another ranked team, they got everything in front of them. They win this game and then they go on and they win the Big 12. They're right there. They, they are going to be right there. So I, I just believe that they are going to come out and with high intensity and it's going to be important for K-State to match that intensity early. Get into the middle of the second quarter within three points or have the lead. You know, put some real game pressure on Malik Murphy. That's my thing. That's what I've been saying about Brock Purdy with the 49ers all along. Put some real game pressure. Well, we'll see what's happening with him. He's falling completely apart. You put some real game pressure on Malik Murphy. Hey, K-State's up three points, four points in the middle of the third quarter. How do you respond to that when you can't run the football? When you think that all you can do is run the football and K-State said, no, 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 you're going to have to throw it to beat us. What's going to happen? I'm I'm excited to see that right there because if if K-State can do that and put some real game pressure, that's where I think the game is won because K-State has decided, Texas, you're not running it. Make this guy beat us throwing the football, and I don't think he can. Glenn, he brought up something because he's he's a pro um, that uh, K-State's back in the rankings at 25. Kansas is what, 22? Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, oddly, isn't in the rankings despite beating those two teams and not losing to anyone since beating those two teams. Go wrap your mind around that. Uh, But uh, Matthew Hasselhorst asked this question. K-State started at top 15, loses two, you know, to two teams to top 20 and number 26. Uh, every win's a blowout, and the case it's still 25 aggravating. Is it worth worrying about? Or I, I kind of feel like K State's still getting punished for two bad losses that have turned into good losses, that, but the voters are too losses. dumb to realize they're not bad losses now. I think you, you're partially right about that. I also think, given what Kansas and their rankings did over the weekend, we're, we're learning that the the voters value a big win. They they value you beating a top 10 team by three or five more than they value you beating maybe a team towards the bottom of your conference by 90. Right. So mm-hmm. I think, um, unless you're K-State, yeah, yeah. K-State doesn't necessarily have a huge win. They have a chance to get it this weekend and, and they'll, I'll, I, I bet they'll be top, definitely top 20. What am I crazy to say top 15 if they win this weekend, but the, so. K-State doesn't have a, a win over, do they have a win over a, a top nope. 25 team? Nope. Nope. No. So that's probably part of it. Well, part of it's the disrespect when they lost to Missouri. Mm-hmm. We're 15 in the country. We lose on a 61-yard yeah, yeah, field goal yeah. on the road. And we yep. not just fall out of the rankings. I think we only got like two or three votes to be yeah. in the AP yeah. top 25. How does that even happen? I mean, you wouldn't hear anything like that happening now. And now how does that even happen? No, it's, just, it's it crazy, unbelievable. Brian. unbelievable. If he misses that 61-yarder, K-State probably maybe goes from like 15 to 12, but he right. makes the 61-yarder and they go from 15 to unranked. That was that was crazy. Goofy. But, but yeah, I was going to say actually relating to the rankings, almost I don't know if it would have been better if they were unranked this week or, or maybe we need to pitch in and say some really bad things about them. These guys seem to perform better when nobody believes in them, when everybody counts them out, when people are saying, oh, they can't even beat Oklahoma State, oh, they lost to Missouri. Like these guys play really, really good when people like don't think they can, and so I don't know which if that, one of you guys wants to take on that role of maybe saying Cooper Beebe. He really, I don't even think Cooper Beebe can block anybody. I've never no, he's average. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally average. I mean, I get what you're saying, Glenn. You're 100 percent right, but there won't be a national pundit anywhere in this country that picks K State to win this football yeah. game. No, nope. there yeah. won't be not one person at picks K-State to win this football game. So that should be the, all the motivation that okay. those guys need right there. Right. Plenty, plenty of that. Also, also, you know, K-State was an 18-point favorite going into going into last Saturday and and won by 41. So, I mean. There you go. It's, they'll you know, it, they'll be fine. They'll be, they'll okay, be let fine. me, before we the wrap up shop here, go ahead, Glenn, go. I was going to say, it's Tim staying out of the media availability since it worked so well last week. I thought maybe, they talk about blocking out the outside noise. I thought maybe, I, Tim, that, that was. I am the outside you. noise. Hey, I was there for TCU. So, okay. you know, I can't, you can't, you know, until they there's a you back. real pattern. I'm going <laughs> to I can get down to Thread and get my I am the outside noise t shirt <laughs> to wear at tomorrow's press conference. I don't know if I have enough energy to bother with that. Hey, uh, I'm going to roll a couple hand grenades in to hear your responses. But uh, has Avery Johnson 
been the best thing to happen to Will Howard. 100%. This, I mean, 100%. Not Avery, but the situation. Yeah, the situation pissed him off. Uh, I think it was the best thing, number one, that happened to Will. It's the best thing that happened to the coaching staff and Avery. You get some success. You go out Mm. there, you play well. The, The starter's struggling, and he was struggling. You go out there, you have some success, and then you push him. You push him. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the starter gets better, and then Avery struggles. Now, I'm not saying he played bad, but he, str- he didn't play great. He struggles. Mm-hmm. That is the best thing that the coaching staff wanted to see. You get this guy that's going to be a superstar at K-State, get him some experience, get him some success. But also, hey, this isn't just you know sunshine and roses. This is big-time football, and he didn't play well, didn't play great. And Will Howard did. He said, you know what? This is my job. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not giving. I waited all this time to get the job. I'm not giving this up. This is the best thing that happened, I think, for the program this year. That that, I mean, other than, granted, we lost some games. I'm just saying it's the best thing that could have happened for everybody. And Fitz, you were there last last Tuesday when we talked with Will Howard. he, He was as professional as he could be, but he wasn't happy. It, it is what I, it is. You you asked him, I think, about uh, you know, what it's like trading off, and he said, It is what it is. You gotta control what you can control, right? And he you could tell he was biting his tongue as if to say, Hey, if it were up to me, I wouldn't be splitting it reps with anybody, right? He didn't say it, but oh it, it, right. That was it. He just left. He's back. <laughs> oh, I'm back. <laughs> but yeah, he was he didn't say it, but he was thinking it. And and he he played really well on Saturday. I mean, I think this is Will Howard wants this. He wants it for K-State. We know that. He's a, he's the team player. I'm not saying he's not. Let's be very clear about that. But um, he, he wants it for K-State. But this is years in the making, guys. He's He's been at K-State for four years. He's been with that offensive line his whole time at K-State. He knows those guys. He, he's been with Phil Brooks the whole time. He's been with Seth Porter the whole time. Like, this is a year that's been, like, years in the making for Will Howard. And, and he didn't want it to be taken away. Oh, uh, Tim. Uh as the guy that writes for a living, uh, this was kind of old school for me. This was uh, Bill Snyder kind of sending a message, you know, uh, hey, we got uh, we got these guys that are ready to play, um, and it's worked out. We're seeing similar situations at receiver. We're seeing it uh, in the secondary where they're putting some new guys on the field, and uh, the other guys seem to be responding to it. I love the competition within the locker room that is friendly. Yeah, I mean, it, it it really shows the strength of the culture that, that Chris Wyman has, has built and really has, you know, they did the full reset during the COVID year. Um, and then they've just kind of built on that and built on that and built on that. And, uh, you know, it really, uh, it, it really has shown in, in, in kind of the darkest moments of this season, that is what has kind of shown through is how, how 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 good of of just people are in that locker room and how much they care about K-State as as a university they care about the team they care about their teammates they want to win they want to mm-hmm. win for the school they want to win for their teammates uh it's it's special to see and you see there's tons of clichés about this but when you see it in a situation like this, where where it's laid out uh, so clearly that that that's what's happening, it, it really is cool to kind of witness full full selflessness all the way around. Yep. Well, Barnaby and selflessness too. They, guys want to win. They want to yeah. be good. Guys want to play well and play well for themselves. They want to win. They want to win for their school, but they also want to be out there. They want to be part of it and contribute. It's one thing to be on the team and, and the team doing well, but you want to be a factor in why the team is doing well. And that's not selfish at all. People sometimes think that's selfish. I think that's crazy talk. People just want to be out there and be a factor in why the team is winning. And, and when you play that morning game, uh, you got Aggieville at night to be loved. <laughs> hey, hey, you're the star. Hey, that's not right. Not Libre, baby. The I don't know anything that about that. Guys. I don't know anything about that. The other thing that I would add is I think it's a testament to Colin Klein and his ability to adjust and to, to game plan. If I would have told you before the season that K-State was going to win by, what, what they went by 38 and then 41, 
and get next to nothing out of Keegan Johnson and RJ Garcia in both those crazy. games, nothing. you would have called me crazy, right? Yes. Colin Klein has made this thing work without, quite frankly, probably the two guys, you can say Phillip Brooks probably too, but two of the guys who you thought would be their best offensive weapons. And they've, they've been, I'm not dissing them, they just haven't been very involved in that offense and they've still made it work with Jace Brown. They've gotten a guy like Jaden Jackson involved in different ways. They've made it work with the running backs. Uh, Colin Klein adjusted when a lot of OCs probably would have been like, oh, no, these two receivers, what am I going to do, you know? So, impressive. Well, I'm just going to say this. Keegan Johnson's been less effective than me in a room of supermodels. You know, it's, it's nothing going on. This is not yeah. working. It's, it's, it's a bad formula. I'm going to roll one more topic out there for you guys before we wrap up shop for this week. Brian, how good's KU? It just beat Oklahoma. That that was a huge win. They stormed the field. They took that goalpost and put it in water. I don't know if that's magical thing or what. If it, it reacts with the rocks and the chalk, I'm not sure. Uh, but that was a huge win. They're off to Iowa State. Is KU for real? <laughs> you, you know, I don't like answering these questions. I know that's why I asked. I don't like it. <laughs> But unfortunately, KU is good. Yeah, they KU are. has a good football team. They they just do, man. Look, you can say that whatever you want to say, whatever you want to come up with, there's no denying that KU has a good football team. And it would be foolish for anybody to, to think that they don't have a good football team because they do. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, because they beat OU, because OU's not world beaters, but OU's not horrible either. Let's not kid ourselves. OU's not a horrible football team. And they beat them. And KU played maybe their C game and beat them without their starting quarterback and beat them. So, yes, KU has a good football team, and that's all that my stomach's going to allow me to say. <laughs> Glenn, you were there, weren't you? I, I wasn't there. We had a reporter there. Oh, I thought uh, you were. Um, were you in Manhattan? No, you weren't. Landa was there. Did no, you just was, take the weekend off? I was in studio. Don't you worry. I was still working. Uh, studio. Where I was covering some Washburn Ichabods. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> okay. That's a valid. When you're in the Topeka market, that's valid. Yes, sir. Uh, but um, this was huge for KU. I, I admire it. And I think Lance Leipold is the absolute real deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, it had they lost this game, right? The, the conversation or narrative would have been second straight year that you start five and oh, and then you struggle to get that sixth win last year. They lost three or four in a row after the, after going five and oh, they almost look like maybe you do the same thing. And then you do it with a, a win against Oklahoma with the lights really bright. I think, um, maybe one question when Leipold got there was like, okay, he turned him around at Buffalo. Like he, mm -hmm. th that's why I thought it was a great hire. They didn't need it. Just a great coach. They needed somebody who had proven that they could take – a lot of guys could take a really good program and keep it really good. They needed someone that could take a program from absolute zero to being competitive, and he's done that. And I think we're learning that he's not just going to take them from being horrible to being okay, but but he actually has higher goals than that. That's, that's a huge win. Their defense has come a really long way. Um, they got a lot of playmakers, and, and I, I'll tell you this, they're going to um, – they're going to circle that one um, on the calendar, the, the matchup with, with the Cats in Lawrence. I At Big 12 Basketball Media Days, there was some some Jayhawk uh, maybe reporters there that were or, – or people from Can from Kansas City area even that were asking uh, other KU reporters, can we beat K-State? Can we beat K-State? They're going to be up for that one, I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, Tim, uh, Abolition Bowl this year in Lawrence. Um, that's my new name for it. I'm kind of oh, proud God. of it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good one. That is, I, I think K-State's a better team as of right now, uh, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be tough. It's going to be – I mean, it may be the first time since – I don't try to remember because I, 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 I had looked this up last, last year because it was possibly going to be in play, and then KU – starting to lose but the first time that both teams have played ranked since like 1996 i think wow yeah somewhere that, in that range that was a k-state blowout yeah and they, they and k-state kicked the ever-living crap out of them um i don't think that's going to happen i think that this is this is a much more this caves k this ku team is very real mm -hmm. um and let's be perfectly honest here this is you know, the, this last stretch of games is all part of a uh, long and 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 very uh, important 
uh, audition process for Lance Leipold and uh, for Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State head coach Lance Leipold. And yeah, just went there, didn't he? He just, They're not going to like that. They're not gonna Michigan, like that. Michigan State Spartan quarterback Jalen Daniels. Oh, this is, oh my God. It's relentless. Okay. I'm get emails, Tim. I know. Let, it's let, a, can we just, just say for anyone listening on the podcast, that was Tim Everson, Manhattan Mercury, that said that. Glenn Kinley did not say that. I, let's Glenn see. texted I need me to, all of that earlier today. I need to make him a second t shirt at Thread. Uh, blame Tim. That's the second t-shirt. He is the outside noise. He is. He's the outside noise on the insiders. Hey, okay, let's wrap it up real quick with one word answers. It's an easy question. Does K-State win at Texas Brian Hanley? Yes. Oh, pretty definitive. Mr. Tim. Yeah. Len. Yeah. It's so hard to say no. Uh, you know, you know, you just want to be loved. I'm going with it. We'll be back next week with another edition of the insiders to brag about us being right, or I will delete this podcast and it never <laughs> happened. I appreciate everyone watching and listening and hanging out with us. We had a lot of people in the room today. It was really cool. Make sure you're liking the video, make sure you're following the, the, the channel and uh, make sure you come back next week for another edition of the insiders. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.